Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Second underground nuclear test took place. This is what happened. Effects of the explosion were widespread, even on faraway Monster Island in the South Pacific. Hello, I'm Robert Kelly, and today on Record All Monsters, Godzilla vs. Megalon vs. TV at Japan and the U.S. The story of Godzilla vs. Megalon is, at its heart, really a story of contrasts. The contrast between TV and movies, the contrast between Japan and the US, the contrast between Ishiro Honda, Junfukura, Yoshimitsu Bano, the contrast between Masaru Sato, Akira Fukube, and Richiro Manabe, and ultimately the contrast of a good movie against a bad one, and where do we draw that line? Godzilla vs. Gigan had been pretty successful in Japan. 
Not only had the presence of King Ghidorah helped to put butts in seats, but the new monster Gigan had proven pretty popular in his own right. Since that film had been made on a shoestring budget, therefore increasing the profit margin, Tomoyuki Tanaka decided that if they made the next one even cheaper, the profit margin would be even bigger. What's cheaper than a shoestring budget? Cooking... a cooking twine budget? Butcher string budget? Let's see. Shoestrings are about 9.3 inches for a dollar. And cooking twine is... oh! Oh wow, 83 feet for a dollar. Yeah, yeah, we'll go with the cooking twine budget. The villainous monster of the title was initially conceived of as an opponent for Minya in Godzilla's Revenge. Instead of the beetle-like monster we get, the original concept for Megalon was a giant mole cricket named Gebara, who was replaced by the similarly named Gabara. Megalon was once again considered during the planning stages of Godzilla vs. Gigan, but was cut out due to budgeting issues. The monster cast of this film has another misfit, whose origin is a little bit better known, if only in an inaccurate version. I won't give any more lip service to the rumor, but according to the 2012 book Toho Special Effects Movie Complete Works, Seiyu, a grocery and department store chain, had a monster design contest for kids co-sponsored by Toho and Tsuburaya Productions. The contest, called the Children Monster University, ran from late 1971 until January of 1972. A kid named Masaaki Sano was among a number of Japanese children who had submitted monster designs and were invited onto Katsura Kokinji's afternoon show, where it was announced that the winner's creature would be featured in the next Godzilla movie. You would think little Mr. Sano would have been excited to see that his monster design, a red alone, had been chosen as the winner. But you would be wrong. Sano had intentionally left his monster all white, and the suit designers had given him a red, yellow, blue, and silver color scheme. When the time came for the next movie to begin production, red alone was changed into a robot by Shinichi Sekizawa, who wrote the story for this film. Director Jun Fukuda would finish the script to save time on the production. Red Alone's design was also changed to match his new designation as a robot. Special effects director Teruyushi Nakano supervised the redesign, begrudgingly at first. According to the audio commentary produced by Tokyo Shock for Godzilla vs. Megalon, Nakano bristled at the suggestion to take the character in a more Ultraman-esque direction. He found the motivation, however, when he decided it would be kind of funny if the newly re-christened Jaguar was ugly and a little off-putting. And brother, he was right. The film was shot in just three weeks, with the production taking about six months total. Then it was time to see if Tanaka's big gamble would pay off. It didn't. Though released as the main feature in 1973's Champion Festival, it was the first Godzilla movie to sell fewer than one million tickets. The next Godzilla film would not be so... cheap. I wouldn't be given a cooking twine budget, that is to say, since that strategy had failed. The next film was also slated for release in 1974, 20 years since the original film was released. So even a shoestring budget would just seem downright disrespectful. Let's see, uh... It would need a twisted manila three-strand natural fiber rope budget. That stuff runs about $2.50 a foot. It's a lot of r money for rope. I said at the beginning that Godzilla vs. Megalon was a study in contrast, and the contrast I want to focus most on is this film's dismal reception in Japan versus its enthusiastic welcome to the American movie house. Most of my sourcing for this section will come from the previously mentioned Tokyo Shock DVD commentary. In the US, Godzilla vs. Megalon was distributed by CinemaShares, a now-defunct distribution company. The movie was a big success for them, in part because of a major two-pronged advertising campaign focusing on major events coming up later in the year. First, there was the US presidential election. CinemaShares crashed the Democratic Party's national convention, announcing Godzilla himself as a candidate, and giving away free buttons and posters. I have one of these buttons, 
It's yellow with Godzilla vs. Megalon in big red letters around the outside. There were four, one for each monster. Mine is the Godzilla one. The second prong focused on the upcoming Dino De Laurentiis-produced King Kong remake, set to release in December of that year. The advertising blitz for that movie had started very early for a December release, with a poster featuring King Kong straddling the top of the Twin Towers of the World Trade Center, a screaming blonde in hand. Cinema shares, and their poster for Godzilla vs. Megalon, has the two title monsters facing off on the top of the towers, one on each. It proved hugely popular for them, even with three minutes of cuts to receive a G rating from the MPAA. The film would be further cut for its primetime network television debut in March of 1977, initially down to 67 minutes, and then to 48, so it could fit in a one-hour time slot. Both hour-long versions seem to have fallen into the public domain in the United States after the 1986 dissolution of cinema shares, which resulted in a wealth of cheap public domain VHS releases, often of the U.S. theatrical version, still owned by Toho. The TV premiere was hosted by John Belushi in a Godzilla suit, but these wraparound segments are lost to time. The suit would be used later that week on Saturday Night Live, and that footage still exists, and there are stills of that sketch which are sometimes passed off as being from the lost wraparounds. The legacy of this movie is a complicated one. It's one of the many candidates among a lot of people who hate joy and happiness as the worst Godzilla film. But many others, myself included, find much to love in its unbridled lunacy. You've heard of So Bad It's Good? Well, this is So Bad It's Great. It's almost like you're doing so poorly at a video game that the score counter goes backwards from zero and maxes out. It's like a pizza from Little Caesars or a taco from Jack in the Box. You know it's junk, but it's there for you at your lowest lows. It helps you find your feet to begin digging back up. And the series would do the same in the next film. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello. Welcome back to Record All Monsters. Uh, I'm Ro- your host, Robert Kelly, and we're here with a guest, uh, a long time in the works from the podcast Super Mega, Super Mega Crash Brothers Turbo, Stephen White. Stephen, hey. welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for uh, allowing me to join in and talk about monster movies. Kaiju, it's a passion of mine since I was a kid, so I'm I'm happy to be here. Well, I'm I'm thrilled to to have you on. And if his voice sounds familiar to you, listeners, it's because he participated in a little clip show we did last year mm-hmm. about uh, memories of Godzilla and other monster movies on VHS. That's right. And you may you may have also listened to uh, when we were both on uh, Podcasters Assembles Godzilla Kongathon. Mm-hmm. And you've you've been keeping up with Podcasters Assemble, haven't you? I have. I've I've been trying to participate. There was maybe one season that I kind of dropped out of. I think it was The Matrix. I didn't really have anything to say about <laughs> The Matrix. 
but I mean, most of the others, it's I like the idea of it. I thought it was a very unique concept, and I thought, well, you know, I can throw my hat in the ring here, and if I've got something to say, why not? Because I had a lot of fun with the Kong Zillathon, and I thought I'll, I'll just keep going with it and see where it goes, and if I ever find anything I don't have anything to say anything about, then I'll, I'll drop out, <laughs> but I've had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, it's a good thing. I keep meaning to to get back in and i was gonna i was like oh the jurassic park one that's that's a layup and then i i don't know i took a nap or got sleepy <laughs> or something but uh so we're here today to talk about uh godzilla versus megalon but before we jump into that uh could you give us just a little bit i know you talked about it when you were on the special but just a little bit of your background with uh, godzilla and monster movies godzilla goes back since i was a kid i think I honestly cannot pinpoint a moment that he was not there. It's it's always been there. Godzilla has either there's been toys, there's been movies. It's it's always just been part of my life. And I really can't say that there's been a moment where I have not enjoyed having Godzilla in my life. And and even King Kong, for that matter, because two sides of the same coin, as far as I'm mm-hmm. concerned, they just... They have always been there. They've been a source of comfort, of joy, and I love everything about it from beginning to end. I know that some people can be a little critical at times. I can too, but at the same time, I appreciate everything about them and and what they are. I just, I love it. It's it's my jam, <laughs> you know, to use... I- I, I love hearing you talk about it because it, it's so similar to how I feel. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, it's nice that it, someone, there are other people I've definitely met, especially through the show, who this sure. has been a lifelong passion for. But just like the way you express it, uh, there's just a, an earnestness to it that I yeah. really relate to. And so I'm glad to be talking to you uh, again about this. Uh, we've mostly spoken over email, but this is, it's just nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. And and th- same way with you, when I listened to your segments on Podcasters Assemble, I was sitting there thinking, this is someone who gets it, who understands the mm-hmm. material. This is a fan versus someone who, I mean, not to say that the other people who were listening weren't fans to a point, but I felt like they were removed versus where we are with it where we have a deep ingrained passion and they're just casual fans we're we're really hardcore really understand the passion that goes into them because as cheesy as they can be we appreciate what they are and love them for it oh yeah And, and you know i mean yeah i mean you can see you can see a little bit of the room i'm in where i've got posters mm-hmm. for Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla and I've got a whole cabinet full of this stuff. Yes. With my toys and everything on the top and books and stuff. Uh I just it's it's just nice. <laughs> yeah. It is. I think if there was any collectible there's a lot of collectibles that people will get me whether it be figurines or things like that and for the most part I could do without them but if it's a Godzilla figurine, yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'll <laughs> That's something I'm not going to disagree with or, or say, no, I don't want that. No, no, no. Give me more. Give me more. So let's go ahead and start talking about uh, this movie. When I first asked you to be on the show, uh, I said, because it was kind of late in my season, I had most of the episodes produced, and I gave you like a list of some movies that would be coming up. And you asked if this one was available. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I said, well, not till next year, but yeah, we can we can definitely do that. And yeah. so, what's your what's your relationship with Godzilla versus Megalon? This one, if there's any of them that I can honestly say would be the first, I would probably say this would have to be it because this was the one that I remembered most growing up. There were others around the time where I was be- becoming more cognizant of Godzilla. Like Godzilla 1985, I know it was another one that was there early on, Godzilla versus uh, Mechagodzilla. But this one always felt like it was the first, like my first introduction in some mm-hmm. way. And even if you kind of compare it to something like Godzilla 1985, they're com- they're drastically different films. Yes. <laughs> but I appreciated them both for what they were. 
And I think that's where I kind of realized I just love this stuff. Mm -hmm. And and regardless of I know this one gets a lot of hate. I mean, not as much as well, it might be the one I don't know. I can talk about it. I wanted to talk about it. And I guess that's one of the reasons I chose it was because I'm going to defend it come hell or high water. I don't care what anyone has to say about it. I love it. I'm I'm in the same boat as you. I actually one of my favorites uh, is Godzilla's Revenge, partly because I grew up with it. But mm-hmm. because you grow up with it, you have enough time to look at it and see, like, you know, whether intentional or not, the good aspects of it. The episode, I usually try and keep these at about 45 minutes. The episode I did on that one wound up running 90 minutes, and I didn't feel like I could cut anything out of it. <laughs> <laughs> but go go ahead and tell me some of your, your favorite things about this movie. I'm just, I'm here for it. Whew. Well, let's see. I, I would say, let's see, where to begin? All right, well, let's talk about Godzilla as as a starter, since it is technically supposed to be his movie, but he's in it less than anyone else, honestly. And but when he's on screen, he's a presence. He just Mm -hmm. comes marching in. He's like, hey, I'm going to take care of business. And he does. And Mm -hmm. then that's that. And he's just like, well, job done. But then the fight's not over and he keeps going and kicking ass, taking names, as it were. And. (laughs) I just I love that because it, he didn't have to be part of this. He just, hey, we need Godzilla's help. Go get Godzilla. Godzilla's brought in. He's there. Boom. He helps. And that's that. He's nothing more than a side character. Could be something very reminiscent of a zone fighter for that matter. Yeah. You know, because he had a lot of guest appearances on that. So I'm mm-hmm. really surprised they didn't kind of have, you know, I guess Jet Jaguar was supposed to be. One or the other, I, which I, I can't remember which came first, Zone Fighter or this. I'm, I think Zone Fighter uh, started in 74. I'm not 100% sure off the top of my head. So it would have been right there on the cusp. Yeah. So one or the other. Uh, I'm going to look it up. I rarely ever do this, but no, with you here, I feel <laughs> I feel like my cred's on the line with you here. It's understandable. Uh, no, no, no worries. Uh, late. Okay, yeah. Started in April of 73, so that means right after this movie came out. Okay, so this, it was probably seeing what this was doing and saying, hey, we could probably do that, but we could kind of, you know, amp it up a little bit, rip off a little Ultraman, it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> But there was just something about the whole story, I mean, just even following Jet Jaguar, I mean, he was a compelling character for a five-year-old, why not? I mean, it was just like, yeah, yeah. I want to wanna follow this guy around. And all the other characters, there was nothing about them that seemed out of place or odd. And mm. I just, I loved every little aspect. It was just a fun 90-minute movie. And it wasn't until much later that I actually got to see the original Japanese cut, which really doesn't differ, but it does if you know where you're looking. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize some of the stuff that had been edited out of the movie that I would have never guessed was in the film. <laughs> <laughs> like nudity i was like what yes <laughs> i mean that blew my mind but you know they got different uh regulations than we do over here in the states so fair enough but yeah it was it was just a lot of fun and then you can't beat the theme song at the end that probably oh, gets no. a lot of flack but i love that song every time i hear it i want to sing along with it and i wish i'm i'm learning japanese not to sing this song, but if I can learn it well <laughs> enough, I'm going to sing along with it proper. <laughs> uh, I, I used to have a band, and I wanted desperately for us to to learn this as learn the full Jet Jaguar theme as an opener, like that, that we would awesome. come onto the stage and just be like, do da 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 da. But no one else was <laughs> was into that. I would have been all in for it. <laughs> But yeah, for me, this was actually uh, one of the very first Godzilla tapes I owned mm-hmm. um, when I was a kid. I had three three Godzilla movies that I owned, and they were Godzilla's Revenge, Godzilla vs. Megalon, and uh, I think Son of Godzilla. Mm. And I would rent all the other ones all the time, but those three... I think they had just been available. Like I could never afford the big Anchor Bay... Yeah. Uh, set and I had planned to collect them all. Mm-hmm. So I got the first one, 
which was Godzilla versus Megalon. I got the last one, Son of Godzilla, because I thought that would motivate me. Yeah. To to fill it in. Never. I never did. <laughs> no. When they started reprinting those in the Anchor Bay, I think that was about the time that the U.S. Godzilla came out in '98. Mm-hmm. That's when all those tapes started showing up everywhere. Yeah. I was at. I can't remember. I never can remember the name of this store, but it was one of those kind of like Sam Goody where you'd have mm-hmm. the music and the movies and stuff. I would go down there religiously on the weekend yeah. and see if a new tape had come out. Cause like you said, it was, there was a collection being created and I would, I was like, I'm missing one somewhere. And I keep <laughs> looking cause I never could find the box set. It was always separate right. pieces, but I did that. Those. And then the, um, Sony releases of the 90s Heisei uh, series. I was I was all over it. I was like, I am in heaven right now because you're giving me all this Godzilla that I've never seen, yeah. and I'm here for it. Yeah, and um, I just I I re- maybe a year ago wound up on eBay and I bought the the full Anchor Bay box set mm-hmm. because you know I wanted to for like. 25 almost 30 years at that point and it's like i i i am an adult man with my own income and i can do what i want with it that's right uh and uh, so that's that's something uh like a childhood dream fulfilled yeah it was always so nice just seeing it completed up on a shelf Mm -hmm. and you just because they used the godzilla 1985 poster as the the case coverings and it was just so beautiful just to look at. Yeah. Oh, this is this is this is so much fun to talk about <laughs> with, with other people. Um, you you brought up uh, you know kind of Godzilla's role mm-hmm. in in this, and since this was probably your first Godzilla movie, um, it's a little different from his roles in the like say the '60s films, right? Uh, when when you encountered that, how did that how did that grab you? I don't think it was all that jarring because after seeing, like I said, I, I probably watched this one around the same time I saw Godzilla 1985. So it was already this darker version. Mm-hmm. There was more, but even that, you know, they they were kind of positioning him as the force of nature, mm-hmm. and. I was trying to understand. Granted, I I didn't really grasp all the concepts as a child, but over time I understood what they were going for, but I, I kind of got a vibe because even I don't even know why I had this reaction, but I felt like this was showing the kinship I had to these characters is I remember vividly several times as a kid, when I'd get to the end of Godzilla 1985, I would ball. I would. Oh cry yeah. Because oh, yeah. I was like, no, no. Why are you killing him? I understood what he was doing and I knew it was wrong, but you're killing him. No, don't don't kill Godzilla. So it would just it would it was heartbreaking to me as a kid. Mm-hmm. So going back to these other movies when I'd kind of see him kind of portrayed as a bad guy, so to speak. Uh, I mean, I really never saw him as a bad bad guy. Technically, it mm-hmm. was always just misunderstood. And I'd say even to a point, and I wouldn't even say I saw this one too early in in my viewing was uh, Mothra versus Godzilla. And if there was ever one that he was technically a bad guy, I'd say it would be that one. But yeah, no, I never really saw him as bad, just misunderstood, I guess. No, and that's my experience as well. Like I actually, when I was maybe three or four, I rented uh, Mothra versus Godzilla for the first time. And I was angry. I was because like I had seen Godzilla 1985 because that was everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd seen the original one, which is even though he's again like the villain of the movie, he's still portrayed very sympathetically, especially at the end when he's just like you see him just a creature walking mm-hmm. around just doing his thing. Um, and this one, I was mad. I was like, no, you are not. You're not do- giving him his chance. Yeah. Like he's just doing what he did. Even the destruction he causes in that one, he's like slipping on things. He's turning around too fast and a tower falls on him or whatever. Mm-hmm. It, uh, <laughs> I mean, he uh, looked like he had been drinking a little bit that morning <laughs> <laughs> trying to get around because he was stumbling. 
Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, to me, just the I feel like this is almost Godzilla versus Megalon. Um, the the platonic ideal of heroic Godzilla. Yeah. Uh, it's it's like, and I think I said this in Podcasters Assemble, how if you look at old myths and stuff, the heroes are rarely the main characters of the story. Mm-hmm. It's you know, um, there's a problem. Someone says, "Well, go see if Hercules can help." And then Hercules is like, got to do this again for you people. He shows up and he fixes it. And he's like, you need to be more proactive in the future. And then, you know, he runs off wherever. Yeah. And that's, that's how I always thought of Godzilla. And like, even in the, the Heisei era where they tried to be like, Oh, Godzilla is a bad guy again. Mm. Um, they couldn't really escape that. Like, even if the whole narrative, the overarching narrative is trying to destroy Godzilla, they depend on him a lot throughout do, the yeah. whole thing. And I think we're going to have to have you on for Godzilla 1985 when we get there. Oh, I, yeah. I'll be all for it. All righty, man. Well, I think we're going to wrap up the main discussion here. We're going to take a break, come back for the game show, which uh, I actually tailored a little bit to you since I've known you were going to be on for a while. So Ooh, all right. when we get back. Uh, the game show is called Calloused, Thumbs Up or Down. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Within the uncharted depths of waters surrounding a group of islands off the 50th parallel lies man's most formidable challenge. The awesome awakening of prehistoric monsters long thought extinct. Savage and deadly. Their one hope is to rule our planet as they once had thousands of years back. Giant against giant. The ultimate battle. Godzilla versus Megalon. Science was baffled and powerless. A terror-stricken humanity knew that it was on the brink of total destruction. A once proud civilization now had to place its trust and hope in Godzilla and his powerful ally, Robot Man. In concert, they would fight this evil in a duel to the death. Battling by day, battling by night, it was more than a race against time. This war was an all-out effort whose ultimate purpose was to save our planet from total destruction. Now came the moment of truth. The ultimate battle. Titan against Titan. Giant against giant in the most spectacular battle yet. You'll see it all in Godzilla versus Megalon. Welcome back to Record All Monsters. We are here with Stephen White, the host of Super Mega Crash Brothers Turbo. 
You know, uh, I got to give you props real quick. You are the first person to say it without fumbling. Every other podcast that I've been on, there's like super crash. And I love, hey, anybody who's listening, who's done it. I love you guys, but <laughs> Robert nailed it. So I got to give him props. <laughs> well, thank you, sir. Well, that's uh, it's a video game podcast primarily. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't talk about other things, but that's the the main thrust. Right. Uh, this is an indisputable fact. Another indisputable fact is that there are a bunch of Godzilla video games. Mm-hmm. Not all of them are good, but there have basically been Godzilla video games as long as there have been video games. Yes. So of course. There is what could be generously described as a wide variety of quality when it comes to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In today's game, calloused thumbs up or down, I will briefly describe a console-released Godzilla game, uh, including release year, uh, the intended console, and a short gameplay overview. All right. Your job is to tell me if it received a thumbs up, meaning five stars or more in my research and uh, review aggregation, or a thumbs down, meaning fewer than five stars. Got it. If you think it was well received, say thumbs up. If not, say thumbs down. Are you ready to play? Yes. Great, because if you win, uh, you'll get to play any Godzilla game you wish. If you lose, you will be forced to play the Godzilla mobile game Run Godzilla from 2021. Oh, dear God. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Uh, We can't award either prizes or penalties due to the Texas Supreme Court ruling in State of Texas versus Kelly and Noble Walrus Media. Don't (laughs) worry, our legal team is appealing. (laughs) All right. Question one. Godzilla, Monster of Monsters, was made for the Nintendo Entertainment System and released in the U.S. in 1988. You play as both Godzilla and Mothra, moving through various levels across a virtual game board before facing a boss monster. Does this game get a general thumbs up or down? Ooh, man. See, that's hard because I've got to disassociate my own feelings. (laughs) (laughs) Because as a kid, I remember playing this very often. And I felt like, you know, hey, I'm getting to play as Godzilla. I'm getting to play as Mothra. I'm getting to fight all these. This is actually one of the first games that I played that made me realize there were other monsters. Mm-hmm. you know, out there because I didn't have all the, the other movies. And then I started seeing all these other monsters. So I was like, oh man, I got to see the movie this one's in not realizing some of them weren't even in Godzilla films. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I, I don't feel like it was hated all that much, but I know it's not really that great. <laughs> Oh, that one's a tough one. Uh, I'm going to say positive just yeah. because I feel like maybe. Yeah, well, it is a thumbs up. Just okay. barely. Uh, in the reviews I aggregated from, it got an average of exactly 5 out of 10. See, I knew I knew it was teetering um, a line. That's why it was so <laughs> difficult. <laughs> All right. Question two. Godzilla Generations was one of four launch titles for the Sega Dreamcast, and it was released exclusively in Japan. It's a 3D open-world city destruction game where you can unlock variations of Godzilla, as well as his son Minya, and a giant Dr. Sarazawa carrying the Oxygen Destroyer. But has it generally get a thumbs up or a thumbs down? I also remember this one. I wanted to play this so bad when I heard it was announced. I was so excited. But to my knowledge, it is poorly received (laughs) from what I can remember. (laughs) Yes, sir. That's another one point in your favor. Uh, It has an average review of 3.2 out of 10. Yeah. Um, I've watched some gameplay videos of it, and that's all I need. I don't don't (laughs) know. It sounded fun, like the idea you were saying I get to stomp around as Godzilla. I was all for it, but then, yeah. (laughs) Because after you do it for like 20 minutes, probably you're like, okay. (laughs) Okay. I get it. Moving on, you're two for two so far. Right. Um, Question three. Godzilla, save the Earth. 
was the middle game in a trilogy of Godzilla games from Pipeworks and Atari. Mm. It was released for Xbox and the PlayStation 2 in 2004. The game is a multi-level 3D fighting game. Did it get a thumbs up or a thumbs down? Save the Earth. Did I play Save the Earth? I know I played the one before it, which was Destroy All Monsters Melee. Hmm. I think... And you said this was part of a trilogy. I do remember that. Mm-hmm. I want to say this one was... I'm going to give this one a thumbs up, I think, because I think this was the good one out of the lot, or I could be <laughs> mistaking it, because I remember one was considered highly regarded, and then the other one was kind of like middle of the road, and then the other one was trash. <laughs> I think this one was the good one. Well, it does get a thumbs up. Okay. Uh, six out of ten. It's actually, from what I was looking at, the lowest rated of the oh. three. Okay. With uh, Destroy All Monsters Melee getting about an 8 out of 10, and uh, Godzilla Unleashed, the last one, getting a 7 or a 6.5, which mostly what put it over the edge of this one, from what I remember, was people just loved the monster cast, like how many monsters were in that one. Right. But the gameplay was kind of savage. (laughs) Yeah, I remember there was one that just got torn to shreds because it was just terrible gameplay, but there was a redeeming quality, and I couldn't remember which one. I thought it was the third one, but okay. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So you're three for three. You've already won the game. Woo! You still have to answer these two questions. for it. Question four. Godzilla 2, War of the Monsters, was the 1992 sequel to Godzilla Monster of Monsters. It was also released on the NES. You play as the military, setting up various outposts to hold off invading monsters and aliens. Thumbs up or down? I already know this is a thumbs down. (laughs) (laughs) But I enjoyed the idea. It's definitely something different. I had never played a game like it, but... I can understand why it caught people off guard. <laughs> it it almost seems like if you were making a Godzilla board game, yeah, that this would be a good idea. You have one player playing as the military, mm-hmm. and the other player playing as the monsters, and uh, basically they get a turn to set up defenses. You get a turn to attack, but mm-hmm. it was it wasn't even that. Uh, yeah. This is one of the few I of the of the older Godzilla games that I've actually gotten to play on its console. Yeah. Uh, my cousin had it and, uh, I played, I played all the other games at the very least on a, uh, emulator, mm-hmm. but this one I got to play on an NES with my cousin. And that was a good memory, but not a good game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It just, it had, I don't know. I guess because it was a Godzilla game, I forgave certain elements. But at the same time, you could just see the problems like the the what was it? It was like a roulette system with your attacks. That was garbage. I I didn't. it, It made it so difficult to do any kind of damage because you're trying to. It's all a game of chance at that point. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it. I remember getting bad scores, but hey, I played it like you. <laughs> All right, last question. Uh, and if you if you do this, you sweep the game show. One of a select few uh, guests who who uh, knock out the game show uh, on their first appearance, let alone yeah. altogether. So let's go, um, Godzilla. That's all it was called. Was released on Game Boy in 1990. Oh, I remember that. You play as a tiny little Godzilla climbing through various puzzles and punching enemies in the face with a giant boxing glove. Was it a thumbs up or a thumbs down? Oh, man. I played this. I had this on Game Boy. And I got it late in life when I was 18. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'd never played it and I wanted to play it. Oh, I don't remember reviews for it, though. Uh, 
All right, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to trust my gut here and say it got a thumbs up because the gameplay, as odd as it may be, was pretty fun, in my opinion. Reviewers may not be so kind. Steven, you've done it. You've swept the game. And then not it- only not only was this game well received, it was the most well received Godzilla game. Of all the ones I looked at, getting a 9 out of 10. Wow. Um, And it is fun. It is. I have played this a few times. Once you get over the fact that everything is, you know, kind of cute and mm-hmm. a little silly. Much like with the movie we were talking today. Yeah. You can just <laughs> let yourself unwind and uh, punch, punch, punch. Yeah. I remember playing it numerous times, just like late nights. I think I was working second shifts. And I'd come home, I'd relax, just play with the Game Boy and just play a few puzzles. It was it was just <laughs> relaxing, calm, but it was Godzilla, so I was all in for it. All right. Well, uh, congratulations. You have the pride of having won the game show, swept the game show on your swept. first appearance. A Godzilla tail sweep, if you will. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, before we, we uh, head out, uh, do you want to – I know you've got Super Mega Crash Brothers Turbo. I do. Anything else you want to plug? Well, uh, like he said, Super Mega Crash Brothers Turbo, find it on any podcasting platform. I also do a second podcast called Horror Ramblings with a co-host, Les Blosser. We talk about horror movies and things like that, just not really talking about anything specific, just – the genre as a whole, things that are kind of kind of catch our interest, like how would we treat this franchise or or what do we think about these characters and how they would interact or, you know, just random topics around horror themed ideas. Uh, you can catch me on Podcasters Assemble up to Jurassic Park. We just they finished up the whole Jurassic Park franchise over there youtube.com slash pencil paper productions i got all the podcasts over there plus other videos and stuff i'm working on like an animated series for super mega crash brothers turbo called super mega crash adventures i'm working on episode five right now animation is a long arduous process i'm trying (laughs) and that that sprite that is your your show's logo that's from the super mega crash adventures right yes Mm mm-hmm that is my character and then uh lace who is my co-host on that show she's got her own avatar todd who is my original co-host on the show he's also in the show he has his avatar and we traverse other video game areas and and we have we we shouldn't be there that's pretty much the premise behind (laughs) it (laughs) we don't belong in these worlds and we keep mucking stuff up so well steven uh We'll have the links for all that uh, in our description. It's been a real pleasure having you on. We, I really want to get you on again soon. Uh, again, I've booked the rest of the season already. Yeah, no worries. But, uh, I will. I will send you a list of season three uh, stuff, and you know, you'll have your pick. Sounds so, great. Very happy to have you on, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Well, thank you for having me. Well, Courtney, uh, now, this is the second mistake I've made. Ah. <laughs> we, we were going to um, tell you all goodbye, do our housekeeping, and we actually did that, and I forgot to press record. <laughs> and now I have reset it, and I have pressed record over what is going to be our outro music for this episode. Yep. <laughs> So we'll just talk over the outro music. Um, yeah. Maybe maybe turn it down a little bit. Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> um, so, thank you to Stephen White for, for coming on, talking with us about Godzilla vs. Megalon. That was a long time coming. He and I have been communicating over email for over a year at this point. And uh, it's great to finally talk with him about Godzilla and uh, hopefully we'll be hearing more from him next season Um, and also hopefully we will be uh, on the internet on all our social medias 
Um, we're on Instagram at recordallmonsters.pod. Mm-hmm. Or on Facebook, if you just look up Record All Monsters Podcast. Right, Courtney? Yep. And we are on uh, Twitter, at Monsters Record, which I posted some stuff about how I feel about the death of Queen Elizabeth. And if you are a monarchist, you might not want to see those. Do we have any other housekeeping, Courtney? We were on a show. Yes. We were on uh, Monster Island Film Vault. That should be coming out pretty soon. And we wanted to thank Nathan for having us. Uh, as well as uh, the guys at Kaiju Ramen. Uh, Nathan is one of them. He's the editor. They published an article I wrote on Gorgo. Which was actually the edited version of our the essay from our episode. Um... We're going to try and have another another podcast episode out for you next week. Mm-hmm. No promises, but that will be on Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla. Uh, we have a very special guest lined up. Hopefully that all works out, and I want that to be a surprise. Uh, what else, Courtney? What else? Um, monsters are your friends. Is that it? I think. Is that it? I mean, that is it. Monsters are your friends. Wow. That was fast. <laughs> okay, yeah. My yeah. wife is right. <laughs> um, between now and our episode on Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla, remember that monsters are your friends. Punch, 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 punch. I've always wanted to do that where other people would have to listen to me.